4: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. The Eagles score a come-from-behind victory. Now 2-4-1 and one on the season. And, get this, the new favorites to win the NFC East. Game 3 World Series. Dodgers favored minus 150. Dodgers 65% chance to win it all. Some bettors have a theory about extra scoring we'll discuss Week seven NFL, no positive results from the Raiders' latest round of testing. How should you handle all the COVID complexity? Listen to the next hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
5: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: This is straight out of
5: Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted.
2: I done the
5: future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
4: You heard it. I'm R.J. Live on a Friday. The culmination, as I call it, of the week of work. In studio, unrelated to work, Steve Fezzik. <laughs> Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Usually we have about two hours of show to jam into an hour. We got more than that today. I'm a batter. I'm a pro. He's a Joe. But he's the Joe in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got Game 3 of the World Series coming up later on. A full weekend of games in the NFL to preview what is the Vegas lead here on this Friday.
4: Let's wrap up yesterday. Let's look at Thursday night football. And then we can turn ahead to all the multiple best bats and such for the weekend.
1: That's right, and it was an NFC East battle, to say the least. It was the Eagles over the Giants 22-21 Thursday night at home in Philly.
4: Okay, Fez, we ask the same question, typically. As a pro batter, what did you see? Did not
6: like what I saw from the Eagles. Two things. Eagles could not run the ball without Miles Sanders, their normal starting running back. The Eagles have been great running the ball, averaging over five yards per carry. Last night, less than four. Eagles struggled to move the ball on the ground.
4: Okay, so Eagles have not been very good. I mean, just do the math. is They were one, four, and one entering the game, that means one win. Mm-hmm. Now, you're saying they did one thing really well, run the ball, or at least one of the few things they did well throughout the season, and now you're saying without the running back, they couldn't even do that. Yes. How, how'd they win?
6: They were plus two in turnovers. That was a big part of it. The Giants pretty much gave the game away.
4: So you're saying just watching the game, if this game were replayed, and this is a question – I'm always interested in, is if this game were going to be played a week from today, same venue, same injury reality, let's just say we had a snapshot in time and got to redo it, what do you make the line?
6: I'd move it to three and a half for the Eagles. It closed minus five.
4: Okay, so you're saying the Giants relatively gained ground in your mind even though they lost the game. Yes. Jonas Knox, as a fan, what did you see?
1: I saw the Philadelphia Eagles, who without Carson Wentz, I don't even want to know how bad they'd be. Um, He really has won them these games, and I don't think he's the greatest quarterback in the world, but without him, that's a bad football team and a bad roster. The injuries have piled up, and they don't have a lot of options.
4: How much of this is injuries? Meaning we can only speculate an open question here, because to me, if you're a GM, If you're a coach, the best scenario is to not be judged. No matter what happens, if the answer is, of course, because you're bulletproof, right? And if you win, oh, we won. How in the heck did we win? And if you lose, of course. Is that legitimate? One, is it me or is this the third straight year the Eagles have been seemingly decimated by injury? Yes. So could this be that... They tend to sign players that they get maybe relatively cheap because they're so injury-prone? Is this that there's some fundamental flaw about their conditioning? About what? Why are the Eagles perpetually, seemingly injured all the time?
6: You know, I can mention two guys they brought back from injury, and these guys played until the fourth quarter. Lane Johnson, their gifted lineman, and Deshaun Jackson, their number 1 wide receiver. Both of these guys got hurt in the fourth quarter. They're both out again now, RJ. So maybe the Eagles are bringing guys back who aren't 100% too quickly that keeps these injury problems recurring.
4: Yeah, but why are they – every offseason, in theory, it's supposed to be able – you're able to get healthy, and then again and again and again they get so injured early in the year. I don't know if I agree with what you're saying, but even if it's true – What causes the original problem Mm. they're trying to compensate for? Any ideas, Jonas?
1: No, and that's one of the things that I've been asking about the Chargers the past several years. The Chargers have been gutted by injuries seemingly every single season. They've got a major player that goes out with an injury, and I can't figure it out because it's not normal. Not every team has to deal with this, and it seems like Philly and L.A., uh, the Eagles and the Chargers have been dealing with it the past couple of years more so than anybody else.
4: That's Jonas Noggs. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Last thing, Fez, is one of the things I've been looking at recently is what does the box score really tell us? And I'm seeing total yards. Philly has over 100, about 120 additional yards. I'm seeing first downs, 10 more first downs for Philly. Time of possession, an extra five minutes. So when you say, oh, yeah, Giants dominated the game. Eh. Explain it to me.
6: Yeah, the Giants didn't dominate the game. Well, you
4: said the Giants should have won the game. However, you want to say it. Fair
6: enough. I, I think it was a fairly equally played game. The Giants, oh, backtrack, backtrack. The Giants did have a twenty-one <laughs> ten lead with. Okay, but about anyone, eight can this, to play. anyone can read this. Anyone
4: can read. No, there is no doubt. And let's make sure we get this straight. There's no doubt when a team has a twenty-one to ten lead, they're the favorite. In fact, if you look at the various uh, win probability tools out there, some of them. Were in fact, all of them were over 90% uh, multiple points late. Multiple points late in this game, the Eagles were less than 10% to win. No doubt. But it doesn't mean that the lead-up to that point wasn't lucky for the Giants. So you could say, yeah, the Giants were 90-plus percent late in the game, but Philadelphia outplayed them before that. But you're, you said otherwise. So which one is it? Is it that Philadelphia outplayed? Because you said I would downgrade relatively Philadelphia versus the Giants by a point and a half. That means you think that the Giants played better. They showed you something. And I'm saying what exactly was that that you were shown? Because it doesn't show up on the stats. doesn't show up on the final scoreboard. It does show up at one point a time in the scoreboard. What do you think? When
6: I was watching the game, Philly was up 10 7 at halftime and they missed a field goal. Philly did. Now, I know that's unlucky,
4: but it really. Is it unlucky or you just, teams miss field goals, right? Otherwise, they just say, hey, automatic three. <laughs> Fair enough. But it was a it's, short field
6: goal. There's no gimme putts. Right. It was a short field goal. So it was a four foot putt they missed. And the Giants really took it to the Eagles the entire second half after that. And it looked like almost like the Eagles were deflated after that end of the first half.
4: Here's the danger. Of when someone watches a game but doesn't watch every game in all the games, is whatever you happen to see becomes extra important to you. And then as you're trying to connect the dots, those dots are beat red and it's like, oh, that's important because I saw it. But when I was at the barbecue flipping over those steaks, <laughs> I missed that one thing. So that doesn't mean as much. And that's the beauty of stats. To me, if you're a serious batter, you should either watch none of the games or all of the games. Or you got to watch the game but understand maybe it's going to tell you a few things. Oh, yeah, this quarterback in this spot. But you can't act like it's gospel. you got to understand it's one piece of the puzzle. And for most people, they struggle with that. And I just really question how if a team wins the game, though they got, let's call it, lucky at the end. But as Jonas said, I think Carson Wentz's perseverance, you know, will is a big part of it. But then if they win total yards, and this is, again, Philly, they win first downs, they win time of possession, and they lose turnovers. That means the turnovers were the issue, it seems like, right? And the turnovers were Philly plus two. So, I mean, in a weird way, you got to wonder why the Eagles didn't win by even more. So it's a confusing game to me. Jonas, any closing thoughts on this?
1: No, I, I look at it and I go back to the possession before Philadelphia got the ball back and the Giants had an opportunity to really grind the clock out and in essence close the game up, and it was a missed opportunity by Daniel Jones uh, in, a, in a pass to um, Ingram down the sidelines, Evan Ingram, and I just wonder what's the conversation the next day based on that one play because that Giants defense came out there and they gave up the drive. Um, you know Philadelphia wasn't going to cover, but it should have in all likelihood been a 3.0 Point win as opposed to just the one if they would have converted that two-point conversion. Um, I came away from that game thinking Philadelphia is the team to beat in the NFC East just based on the fact that they clearly have the best quarterback in the division and if all these teams are, are equal as far as rosters go, the quarterback edge goes to Philadelphia by a mile.
4: Well, right now the NFC East odds were straight out of Vegas with those odds. Philadelphia plus 110, the favorite, Dallas, plus 115. So neck and neck, (laughs) both teams are are plus money. Now think about this. If the two obvious favorites are plus money, it means that they are giving a real, tangible chance the Giants or Washington wins this division. Because if you didn't think there was any chance of that, Jonas, it'd be real easy. bet Dallas... Bet Philadelphia. When one of them win, you win plus one ten, plus one fifteen. Do the math. All right, you win in that case fifteen dollars or ten dollars. Or think of it this way: as uh, you're betting two hundred, so like seven and a half percent or five percent. Now, how long does it take you to make five percent on your money in the bank? Quite mm. quite the long. while. How about seven and a half? Even longer. But you could make either of those. Based on who wins, right? So if Dallas wins, you'd make $15 for every $200 you risk, $100 and $100 on both the teams. If it's Philly, $10. And you know what? The books don't give money away. You know what? It's telling you there's a real chance that the Giants or Washington wins this division. I bet everyone's saying, I can't see it. Okay then maybe you should be taking that easy money the sports books are offering you. Hmm, I question that. All right, when we come back, best bet from Fez we start with. You think we wait for that? No, we start with it. Then the number one factor in each and every game this Sunday.
1: That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Straight Out of Vegas!
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do
2: you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? you shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time,
3: Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews,
2: and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way
4: tire buying should be. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will begin our preview of every single game in the NFL this weekend.
4: I mean, this... Next block. It's almost like a superset on the old FM stations. A lot of Zeppelin, Aerosmith. We're playing the hits. What are those? The most important information in each of the games. And we're leading off with Fez's best bet. Great day to join. Great time to join. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And as you're going to see and are seeing Best football season yet. We've made that commitment. Now, on the weekend, maybe you didn't listen to every second of the show. That's the time to check out the podcast. Search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player or RJ Bell, and you got it free. Right now in Las Vegas on the strip, 78 degrees, coolest it's been in six months. The neon is pumping.
1: So, RJ, let's get us started. Our preview of every game in the NFL this weekend. And we get started with Steve Fezzik's best bet. And that game is on the Browns and the Bengals right now on pregame.com. Cleveland's a three-point favorite.
6: And I'm on Cleveland as my best bet. Fundamental advantage for Cleveland's offense. Cleveland's a top-five football team running the ball. The Bengals are a bottom five defensive team stopping the run. We saw that domination week two where Cleveland ran all over the Bengals, crushed them on the ground. Cleveland ran up 200-plus yards. But they only won by five points. Why did Cleveland not cover that game? It was about the Bengals getting incredibly lucky on fourth down, five for five in their conversions. And you know what? If they convert that much in this game, the Bengals will find a way to cover. I don't see it happening. I'm on Cleveland minus the three.
4: So... Five for five was on the one drive? Last, It was in the fourth quarter, last two drives. Okay. So the theory is that if they don't convert all five of those, somehow Cleveland covers. Yes. I don't know. It's always curious that when the results—I agree that Cleveland— it, is a running team and the Bengals aren't a good running defense. I agree with you there, over six yards of carry in that first game for the Browns. But what happened to this Joe Burrow? I remember it wasn't just that long ago that you had the Bengals against the Ravens and your handicap was, Steve, why do you like this pick? And the response was, Joe, Joe Burrow. (laughs) What happened? Yeah, and Joe Burrow completely was a
6: no-show in that game. I do think Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback, but...
4: uh, But Were you betting him two weeks ago because he's going to be a good quarterback? (laughs) No. So what's changed? I want to understand. Joe, Well, it's a lot easier to
6: get in the back door when you're catching double digits versus when you're only catching three points.
4: All right, Jonas, don't forget that. It's a lot easier to get in the back door in certain situations.
6: (laughs) All right, and to the NFC East
1: we go, RJ. Where right now the Cowboys are a one-point favorite at Washington.
4: If you saw or even read about or heard about the Monday night game, you want no part of Dallas. And you know what? I don't either. I want no part of Dallas. But I think if you dig into the box score – your conclusion's a little different than you might think. The defense is horrible. We knew that coming in, but you know what? They didn't have the fight you would hope they did. Literally, the last four possessions for Arizona, Arizona scored three times. When Arizona's winning by 20-plus points, you're embarrassed on national TV and still— you couldn't stop. Dallas couldn't stop Arizona. That's a lack of heart. That, I don't know how that gets better. But on the other hand, you think Andy Dalton, the red water pistol, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, if you actually look at it, Dallas had six straight possessions that they gained 30-plus yards. In the first five of those, they scored a combined three points. It's almost impossible to have five possessions that go 30-plus yards each and only score three points. So, to me, Dallas is D. Forget about it. I want no part of it. The offense may be a little underrated. Thus, I might be looking at Dallas over the team total. I don't like Washington all that much. I don't like Flipper. But I'll tell you this, Dallas is going to keep scoring, I think. And I know the whole weak offensive line, blah, 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 Faz by the way, you gotta pick on this, don't you?
6: <laughs> I do. It's on Washington. It's about Washington's good defensive line against that Dallas O-line missing four starters and Dallas is missing two backups on yeah, the O-line yeah, yeah, also. Yeah, yeah.
4: So what's your position on Flipper? I'm not betting
6: Flipper. I'm betting on the Washington defensive line. Flipper is my number thirty-two quarterback in the league.
4: Hey, let's try that again and see if you can scream like <laughs> loud enough to get way over. Let's see if you can do it. One sec. Hold on. right. They him Flipper. Can you hear me? Faster than What would stop you from talking? Like, what what on earth would stop you from talking? (laughs) It appears to be impossible. All right. So this is one of your seven picks. Now, let's give the guy credit. He might not understand. He shouldn't scream over music. But he went 6-1 and last week on his seven. So we got to keep listening.
1: So, RJ, we continue on and we find the Atlanta Falcons, a one-point favorite, hosting the Lions on pregame.com.
4: I did a study last night, actually, and I'm not really done with it, but one of the things I've tried to do is I say, you know, how do you understand these box scores? When is it important? Because you hear people say, well, that, those 200 yards don't matter, and, but those 100 yards do. And I'm like, uh, oh, that feels so subjective and I hate subjectivity, so what I did was I said, okay, I want to see every play of a game in which a team is within 14 points in the first half. So to me, even if you're down 14, it's still fairly competitive. In the third quarter, I want to see every play that's within 10 points. And in the fourth quarter, every play within seven points and overtime every play. And I went through, and you're able to do that. It takes a little bit of work. And I pulled out all the plays, and then I looked at yards per attempt, looked at their scores in those situations, and their first down percentages. And one of the teams that really stuck out was how bad Detroit is in these competitive games. And I get it. Detroit's had times they've had a big lead. They've had times they've given up big leads. But in the times when they're competitive, they actually are as bad as you might think or even worse – I want no part of Detroit. Atlanta with the new coach, after seeing that energy in week one of the new coach, Morris, I have no reason to think, no reason to think that Atlanta is going to be flat. I don't see who rationally could be betting Detroit here.
6: And I'm on Detroit, and this is my weakest pick of the oh, seven. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. But it's all about Detroit's offense being better. The rookie, Swift, finally took over the bulk of the carries last week. They're better running back now. And wide receiver, Holiday has not been healthy. He finally looked fully healthy last week. Holiday's only played three games.
4: So the magic people, the magic mystery men in the shadows are going to emerge, and it's going to be awesome.
1: We continue on with our preview of every game in the NFL this weekend, and we go to New Orleans where the Saints are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite hosting the Panthers.
4: I think we got to, you know, Jonas, you might be familiar with this. When somebody knows something, let's say a Chris Broussard, he, he's connected in the NBA. The odd couple follows us every day. He's as connected as you get in the NBA. But – Sometimes Chris can't say what it is that he really—he can't explain why he knows something because of the source. So it's a situation where he'll hint at it. And I guess my question is to you, Jones, have you seen that before? And I just, you know, knowing Colin like I do, there's times that he'll say, oh, yeah, here's why I think this. But then a week later, you'll hear him talk about it, but he won't mention that source because he can't. But you can kind of tell, or at least I've learned to tell, when someone's got more than they're on. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, you'll, you'll state that there's an issue, but you can't get into specifics because you'll out your source if you do so.
4: Yeah, and I've heard a couple of people say there's more going on in New Orleans than meets the eye. Meaning dissension, trouble, mm-hmm. conflict, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't mean I don't want to play them. It means I'm a little apprehensive about playing them. But on the other hand, the Saints are the best team in October we've ever seen. And you might say, well, that feels random. October, why October? Well, it's because, or at least it seems to be because, just like Belichick, Sean Payton looks at September as an extended preseason, and then come October, they're really rounding into shape. There's something... There's a little variation because there were some tight spreads, but it's something like 22-3 and if you go back against the spread in October. So I can't bet against the Saints, but I don't want to bet on them with the the potential of this conflict being not just from one source but multiple sources.
1: To the AFC East we go where the Bills are 10-point favorites at the Jets on pregame.com.
4: This has been a drastic move, drastic in favor of the Jets when Flacco was announced out and Sam Darnold was announced in, and to me, it's justified. But it was even bigger than I expected. So the line was in the 13 range when it was uncertain who was going to start, and now it's down to 10 and a half. You might say, "Oh, two and a half isn't all that much," but remember, the 13 assumes that there was a chance that Darnold was going to play. There was, it wasn't like there's was no chance and all of a sudden he's starting and the line moved two and a half. Built into the 13 was the assumption that he could play. So my thought is if Flacco had been announced a starter, the line might have went to 14, 14 and a half. So we're saying Sam Darnold, who may not even be a starting quarterback next year in the NFL, is worth three and a half, four points over Flacco. And Fez, before... Flacco started playing this year. We had it pretty much even, right?
6: Yeah, I had a one and a half points. So real close together, exactly. So so
4: you had Sam Darnold one and a half points better. Yes. Wow. I wish you would have told us. I never heard that. But either way, I, I I mean, I'm not saying in your mind you didn't say it. I don't. Do you remember that, Jonas?
1: I don't remember that.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. But let's just say it's true. Did you have any picks that we don't know about on any of those games? <laughs> no. All right. But the fact is, Flacco, as a former Steelers fan, or as a Steelers fan and obviously a former rival, I don't like Flacco. But, man, objectively, he is at the end of the road. Darnold is an upgrade, and the line's only 10 and a half. I still kind of like the Bills. Because uh, Darnold's better But I tell you, as much as I want to bet the Jets, and I do because you want to bet the bad teams, the Jets are extra bad. They've lost three in a row, even though they won the turnover battle in each of the games. First NFL team to do that in 11 years. The Jets are that bad.
1: Following their blowout loss at Tampa Bay, the Packers are three and a half point favorites at the Texans.
4: Now, this one's an easy one. Houston, if you look at it on paper, is better than their record. So your thought is okay. Let's look at the power ratings and say, "Hmm, maybe Houston here." Here's why I disagree with that. Houston is not a computer ranking; they are human beings that have dreams, aspirations, ambitions, etc. And you know what? At one in five, this is a lost year. They're not making the playoffs. They're not doing anything except limp into the finish line. And because of that, you look at all the power ratings, it doesn't account for the human element. Look at the Tennessee Houston. Tennessee was only a three and a half point favorite in that game. So, an undefeated team against a one win team, and the undefeated teams at home somehow, some way, think about this. Tennessee is what, one and a half against Pittsburgh now? And they were only three and a half against Houston? Wow. In the same venue? Are you telling me that's legit? Yeah, I think it is power ratings wise but where's the human element? And I know that it was a bad break on Tennessee and, and, and the way that went down and the way that game went, you know, over time, then it went, but you know what? Maybe that's part of it. Maybe as humans, it was the mistakes or Cornell making certain decisions. I don't know. But what I know is I never talked to a power ratings guy that accounts for the human factor, and I don't think you can ignore it when a team only has one win and effectively Houston has a lost season.
1: RJ, we've got Collins pick number six on the 49ers and the Patriots coming up and also your best bet on the Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals as well towards the end of the show, which means we move now to the AFC West where the Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites at the Broncos.
4: I don't remember a team in memory that has been a flip the switch team like Kansas City meaning that some weeks they look great. They destroy the Ravens. They handle Buffalo like it's no big deal, and then they lose to the Raiders, and they so struggle against the Chargers. They're an old-school flip-the-switch team, and you know what? You might think, huh, they're an eight-point favorite here. It's It's an easy one. Maybe they won't be as focused because they just came off that Buffalo game. Maybe, but don't forget, you got to look ahead in the schedule, too. Next week, Kansas City plays the Jets. The look-ahead line was over 20 in that game. So, yeah, maybe they'll say we get two weeks off, but I think playing the Jets next week increases the chance that Kansas City is focused this week.
6: And, And I'm on Kansas City, minus the eight here. Last year, Drew Locke played one horrible game. That was in the snow against Kansas City. Well, now this game is going to be in the snow again against Kansas City. I'm on Kansas City.
4: All right. That was a pretty good handicap.
1: All right. So, RJ, we go to your backyard. It's Las Vegas where the Raiders are hosting the Buccaneers. Hopefully, right now, Tampa Bay a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com.
4: Yeah, it's off the board in many spots. COVID uncertainty. And obviously, this is a complex topic. But I will say this. A lot of people are confused about the Patriots. And how they played so poorly, though Tennessee played so well, when they were off a lack of practice. To me, we spent the entire offseason talking about how teams with new coaches and new quarterbacks would need more time. And I think we've seen that to be true. And don't forget, as great as Belichick is, he still has a new quarterback. And it kind of makes sense in hindsight they did so poorly. Now, if the game does play, you got to ask yourself, how thinned out are the o line is what's the lack of practice mean for the raiders so as much as we're trying to piece together logic and how to do all this i still don't got it figured out and my advice is if you're uncertain watch as the weeks go by we're going to learn more and more i there's no chance i'm going to play this raiders game cuz i don't know enough to know how to handle these scenarios And if you know when you don't know something as a batter, that can be the most important thing you know. Be conservative.
1: The L.A. Chargers are nine-point favorites hosting the Jags.
4: You got this one, Faz. You can start with this.
6: All right, I am on the Chargers here. I'll lay it, and it's all about Herbert. Remember, that we thought the Chargers were going to be an average team. They're supposed to win eight games. Well, that's because they didn't have any quarterback play. Now with Herbert, they've got a really good quarterback. I'm laying the points.
4: You're laying the points because of her, the quarterback they've had for the last six weeks.
6: Yes, he's greatly exceeding expectations.
4: So you think the market underrates him? Yes. <laughs> Boy, you, I gave you a call. I mean, that is that really the handicap? So you would play Herbert in any situation? Chargers, Did you play him last week? No. Why not? Maybe because they well, want to buy? Well, I lo- <laughs>
6: yeah, I, lo- I love the fact they're playing against Jacksonville. And but what,
4: you didn't mention Jacksonville. Jacksonville's
6: said- giving up 30 points five straight weeks. So
4: Jacksonville's bad, <laughs> Herbert good. Is that, your, <laughs> is that your sixth pick? Yes. I bet. Okay, let's do this. We got one game left, and it's the biggest game of the week. Be
5: sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell.
4: I can't resist. This is probably the best segment I've ever teased. Coming up, Colin Cowherd's world premiere pick number six, my best bet, and a preview of the biggest game of the week.
1: That's coming up next. Tease RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted. It's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Right out of Vegas! Vegas!
3: Higher ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current
2: special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Did you ever play the over-under
3: game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA.
2: Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code CRSHOW, Show. New customers can play 5 bucks, get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code CRSHOW, C-R-S-H-O-W, only on DraftKings Pick 6.
6: Six. promos
4: I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas,
1: and I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So RJ, we continue on with our NFL previews. We've got one left before we get to the best bet and Collins' pick number six, and that is in Nashville, where the Titans are one point favorites on Pregame. Com hosting the Steelers.
4: Our job is to aggregate good information. On Thursday, usually he's on the show Wednesday, Thursday. Matty Holt. Who is a former bookmaker and now he's within. A, he owns his own integrity company made a great point he said Pittsburgh has already prepared for this game remember the week when we were uncertain of the Tennessee COVID status Pittsburgh was practicing prepping game planning and then the game was cancelled and no one liked with the Steelers the idea that their bye was going to be taken up when they were practicing that week and you know what Maybe they got some extra anger over that, but I don't really need that because I know this is effectively the second week the Steelers are preparing. And to me, that's a big advantage. That was a Matty Holt insight here that I heard nowhere else, and it bears repeating. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Oh, Fez, you got this one. Let me think. Go ahead. I'm on Pittsburgh oh, also. Tennis, Tennessee. Tennessee
6: overrated four very close wins against losing
4: teams. I'll take Pittsburgh in the point. So four close wins against losing teams. How's this sound? We're gonna listen to Colin now. I want you to name the four losing teams when we come back. Oh, you got it now. Denver, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Houston. Okay. Well, I thought Houston was like a great didn't you have Houston last week against Tennessee? Yes. Yeah, they did all right, didn't they? Still overtime. Well, I'm I'm confused though. They covered the spread, so you're saying Tennessee should be actually damned because they covered the spread. Boy, to live in Fezic world. All right, let's listen. This is the world premiere. Colin Cowherd's pick number six. Let's go. go. No. no, no. Hey, that's great football now. It's Colin.
0: Bonus pick only for R.J. Bell.
4: Pick number
0: six. I would have taken San Francisco plus two and a half at New England for two reasons. The Niners' defense, despite Bosa's injury, DeForest Buckner leaving, ranks top five in total defense and passing defense. It's still good. And Cam Newton's passer rating has declined in each game this year. He looked good against Seattle. Well, now everybody's looked good against Seattle's defense. I think San Francisco's a better team. I think they really, they got healthier last week. I think they have excellent outside weapons, and I think New England is the slowest offense in the league. I would take the Niners plus two and a half. What would the wise guys think?
4: I'm going to disagree here pretty strongly. And we did some original research, and we have a researcher, McKenzie. He's a Yale graduate, Colin. We got a guy from Yale who yes. did research for us. And he came in, you know, I said, let's look at Belichick against former quarterbacks that he had right jimmy g obviously being one of them this is very fascinating in those games there's been 14 times belichick has gone against a former quarterback of his 11 and 3 against the spread for new england and if you look at the number of points expected to be scored by the team the opponent they scored six less points per game Less than 14 per game by his uh, former pupils. So when he understands you as a quarterback, look out, especially if you're a limited quarterback. Well, Jimmy G, you might say he's not limited or not as limited. Okay, maybe. But he's still a little hobbled from that ankle. So if there's anyone in the world I wouldn't want to be playing if I'm the 49ers, it's Belichick who historically 11-3 against the spread against former pupils and with Jimmy G a little bit hobbled. I also believe the following. New England, why did they look so bad last week? Because they didn't practice? Well, you might say Tennessee didn't practice before Buffalo, but Tennessee had Tannehill in his second year, Henry, that team very much didn't need as much practice because they have a lot of time together cam is a new quarterback in a new system belichick's been revealing parts of the playbook one increment at a time i thought the pats were susceptible big time to being hurt by a lack of practice now a full week of practice i think you can sort of dismiss last week and because of that I like the Patriots. Okay. I like the Patriots. Fez, you got to pick. Hmm. I like the Patriots. Patriots. All right. We don't need to hear. We know. Just say what RJ said. All right. Here's my best bet. And I like Arizona here. And here's the rationale. And it's pretty simple. Seattle is a team that's been shockingly effective in the red zone. 25 scores this year. 23 touchdowns. Only two field goals. Now, that is just not sustainable. I don't care how good Russell Wilson is, and it's skewed all of their game results. If you actually just take one four-point play away in three games, they would be, or Seattle, one and four against the spread. If they were one and four against the spread, I can promise you there wouldn't be so much love for Seattle. My best bet, Arizona plus three and a half.
1: Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, including multiple best bets and a preview of every game in the NFL this weekend, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on
0: FSR. Straight Out of Vegas. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Any college baseball fans out there?
2: If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
3: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.